0: I want to talk about something that's been on my mind for, well, actually my entire life. But I thought about it again last night. You know, I went outside to go take out the trash. It was around like 10, 1030 at night. And uh, as I was going back inside, I looked up at the sky. It was, a, by the way, it was a beautiful starry night. You could see all the stars, which is kind of rare around here because it's usually very cloudy. You can't see shit. And uh, so I decided to just stay out there for a minute. And just look up, look up there, and it got me thinking—that big question that everybody has, well, a lot of people have had, you know, since the, well, since humans have been thinking about it. Are we alone? Are we alone in the universe? And I, I know we've kind of had this conversation before, you and me, you know, in the past. But you know, I mean, with the whole, you know, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, you know, coming out, which it's actually probably out now by the time you're yeah, listening. to Yeah, it's probably this, already out. I just started thinking about, you know somewhere out there there could be a you know just like me a being looking up at the sky kind of thinking about the same thing and then uh i don't know what he's doing but
1: <laughs> <laughs> he has his own podcast <laughs> he's like this
0: guy's got his own podcast it's it's uh i don't i don't know what the hell it's called but it's you know it's he's he's they're trying to broadcast it you know out, out in the space but nobody's got caught it yet. Yeah, anyway yeah uh but yeah it just got me thinking about that again you know like is there other sh- shit out there I, I, For me personally, I, I do believe that there is. There's got to be. There's like trillions of planets. What do you think about all that?
1: Well, I could talk about this shit all day because I love philosophical questions, uh, existential questions. I also think that there are probably... I'll just go ahead and call them aliens, but yeah, intelligent life. I think that for sure there's something else out there because how could there not be? I mean, like you said, there's trillions of everything galaxies planets universes uh, who knows what's the one after trillion again i forgot oh sh- math was my n- <laughs> i sucked <laughs> at math that was not my strong suit uh but yeah and that's only the observable universe there's much more unobserved uh universe that we don't know about yeah. so yeah i mean it's it's probably likely that there's something else out there and it's unfortunate that we don't have the means quite yet to further explore the the solar system, even our galaxy, and then you know further beyond that, Elon Musk is trying he's, he's making the first steps to 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 Mars,
0: but we're yeah we're way away from all that, you know traveling going you know far into space, you know seeing what's out there we're we're just not there yet,
1: well, speaking of Elon Musk, I just wanna make a quick note people stop giving him shit like just seriously (laughs) he is one of the only motherfuckers that's trying to get us off this planet and get us to mars and he's doing lots of shit that is progressing us as a species with tesla and other things so just lay off him like who gives a fuck you know you're not doing that shit are you smart enough to do that shit are you tony stark are you so yeah exactly
0: and then you have all these other people who are like, uh, oh, well, it's a waste of money. And I'm like, uh, look at all the money we just throw and throw at wars and shit, you know, like oh, the trillions of dollars we just throw dump into that. Why can't we take some money and, you know, do this? What's wrong with that? Well, why can't we
1: do it? <laughs> Let's go up there.
0: Got to take risks. And I know that's another thing. People say, oh, it's, it's too risky. You know, they could all die. Yeah, most likely they will die.
1: Yeah, they signed up for it, though.
0: And if they are successful and they land on the planet. That's their home. They're not coming back.
1: Yeah, that's true. They they know the risks. They they signed up for it. I I thought it was such a joke that he was he was getting shit for. It's just you know it's all this like this woke crowd and stuff on Twitter. Like Twitter is not real life. Like you know sometimes it's it's just super annoying. I I try not to pay much attention to it because it's just not good for your mental health. But um. Yeah, just just keep in mind, there's a lot of depressed people online who just love to bitch about anything. So you know, just just do your own thing, go about your life. Don't worry about other people so much. But um, yeah, let's let's get back to the alien stuff though, because
0: yeah, yeah, this actually leads me to another question. Okay, if you came in contact with aliens, or they came in contact with you, or I should say, and they wanted to take you and show you the galaxy or the universe, like hey, you know, there's lots of other shit out there, and you're one of the lucky few. We picked to go. The only thing is, we can't bring it back. Would you go? Yes, <laughs> I would say yes too. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would only say yes if if I if I like how the, the this alien species looks. I, and I'm not. I don't want to hang out with a bunch of like gremlins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine a bunch of gremlins or like greys that are just you know have no emotion whatsoever. But if if we got like some like. Hu- not, 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 not so much humanoid. They don't have to look human, but you know what I mean? But if we got like...
1: If they're like, if you you know we were just talking about Mass Effect, you know, the uh, Legendary Edition is is already out as this has been released. Yeah. But, you know, something like an Asari. I'm going immediately if it's an Asari. <laughs> you want some of that uh, blue alien action?
0: That's the first thing I'm going to ask the alien. I'm going to show the Mass Effect. I'm going to be like, I'm going to point out the Asaris. Is there anything remotely close to this? And then they say, and if they say yes, I'm going to tell them Bring me to them right now. Let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm off. I'm off the planet. Let's. But yeah, in that situation, I would go. Like, why wouldn't you? I mean, I mean, yes, you would leave behind everything you know here, your family, your friends, and all that. You know, would, are you willing to just throw that away? Like, let's say, like maybe like fifty humans were chosen, and you're one of them.
1: It would suck leaving your family and friends behind, yes. But, yeah, no one else in history has gotten this opportunity that we know of. So, I'm for sure, and I love space. I'm just so curious above all else about everything, and especially the universe and, you know, existential questions. And I would just, my curiosity would rule out. I would just have to go with them.
0: I just want sorry to be real. I'm sorry if I'm... I'm... I'm, I'm. <laughs> to like a creep right now. I just love the Asaris.
1: I mean, Asaris are hot. I yeah, for sure. the The Elcor are pretty cool too. The Elcor. They're yeah. like the big behemoths that kind of they they preface preface every sentence with what feeling they're like feeling.
0: They're the other ones that sound depressed all the time, right?
1: Yeah, they sound depressed, but they're just very monotone. But they kind of they they're. they're I'm not going to go into the whole history. Just look up their Wikipedia. They're a super interesting <laughs> species. Because <laughs> I was going to try to explain, and then I was like, "Oh, this is going to go off into a tangent." So, I wouldn't really care like what your species looks like or anything like that. I think above all else, I would probably just want them to be capable of empathy. If we encounter an alien race without empathy, I would be seriously concerned. Yeah, they they could definitely venture into like serial killer mass genocide territory so and then you know just empathy it just helps you better understand people or other living things why do people think
0: that our planet is the only that's it this is it there's like there's nothing else it's only this i'm like but how do you know that like how do you really know that have you been to all these other places in the universe no you haven't just look at our planet and look how all the crazy shit that's going on in our globe, like uh, the intelligence, the, the the plant life, everything, just everything. You're you're telling me this is the only planet.
1: It's it's all it's all ego. There's so many people that just think we are the center of the universe, and even on a smaller level than that, that individual person is the center of the universe. And I guess you could kind of, in a way, make that argument. You know, more in like a, I guess, a practical way because you are the most important person to yourself, you know, because you only truly know your own experience inside your head. So that's, then that's why I think empathy is so important because then you, you, you are aware that there are other thinking entities outside of yourself and they have all the same experiences that you do, same feelings, emotions, and they're just as important as you are. So, and I think that's really going to be the only way we're going to come together as a species, you know, that's that's just one step. So if we're talking about an alien race coming in, into contact with us, it's like...
0: Which, by the way, do you think that's happened already?
1: I'll get to that in a second. But it just worries me if we have come into contact with aliens, because we don't have our shit together right now. Like, we are such a warring, tribalistic race. I can't imagine what a more highly evolved um, species would think about us. Um, and I, I do think, yeah, we... It, I don't know if I want to say definitively we've been visited by, uh, you know, entities from other places in the universe, but I think it's definitely possible. There's certainly a lot of evidence that has shown, especially lately with the, the Pentagon and the Navy and all that coming out with all these videos and things of UFOs flying around that are just inexplicable. And, you know, you have um, Navy pilots on record uh giving their first hand accounts like David Fravor. and it's like I believe those guys more than anybody cuz they're actually out there seeing this shit and they they can be corroborated with other pilots out there they have no reason to lie so what do you think about all that
0: No know I agree with you 100%. I always w- when I hear of these reported incidences I always like okay who well, who's telling the story? And if I he- and if I see it's it's from like experienced, you know, you know fighter jet pilots or whatever, and they've got like people in the military flying around. They're seeing the shit that always piques my interest. I-, I don't believe the the you know the the, the people in the woods, you know, <laughs> saying they saw an alien run through their house or some shit like that. You know, no, that that's all that's all ridiculous. But these pilots, and, which by the way, it's, it's they're documented things, and you know the Pentagon recently did uh, acknowledge that incident that happened with Freyer.
1: Yeah, Fravor.
0: Frayer. I'm sorry. When I say Frayer. Yeah. Frayer. <laughs> Freyer. <laughs> Commander Frayer. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, that, that that video that was that's been that was going around for like quite a few years. I mean, Pentagon just recently acknowledged it. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. That's 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 a real thing that happened. I won't get into that story. I mean, there, there's plenty of podcasts, and there's a bunch of shit you can read that, that goes into that. He, he he was on Joe Rogan's podcast.
1: and Yeah, Joe, Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, look up David Fravor, um, Navy yeah. pilot. And also go check out uh, Lex Friedman. His podcast he did with David Fravor is really good, too. And that's uh, Friedman, F-R-I-D-M-A-N, Friedman, Lex Friedman. So yeah, that's uh, and he just has a great podcast overall. I want to shout that out. Go... Check that out. Yeah, it's and you know coming up uh, supposedly in June, the Pentagon is going to have to reveal more stuff that they have not revealed yet. Uh, because it was put into this COVID bill that was signed in December of 2020, and apparently <laughs> this is so weird. But you know how they're always shoving shit into bills last minute. Well, there was something shoved in where it said that six months from that date that it was signed which would be June of this year, Uh, the Pentagon has to release some files, uh, classified files on uh, UFOs. So, you know, let's look forward to that. We'll see what happens. But in the
0: meantime, we can play Mass Effect.
1: And pretend, yeah.
0: And look at the stars and wonder, could there be more out there? For the ones who are listening right now, I mean, I'm sure you've asked that question at some point in your life. I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts about it. You want to drop us a comment somewhere on Instagram, wherever. After you've listened to this episode, we'd like to hear where you, uh, which side uh, you're on with all of that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Just let us know your thoughts about UFOs and aliens, and we, we all find that shit super interesting. And I think there's a lot of crossover to, between gamers and sci-fi, and I'm sure a lot of our audience has played Mass Effect and probably will be playing it again with the new remasters. Um, I know I can't wait, because those are some of my favorite games of all time. I've been a fan since day one. I I picked up
0: Mass Effect one the day it came out back in 2007. I got it at GameStop, brought it home. Blew me away, especially the graphics for that game at the time. And they still look pretty good. You know, if you go back, you know, play the original uh, copy on the 360 or wherever you want to play it, but it's, it's an impressive game. (laughs) It just, not to go off on a little thing that just reminds me of when, you know, when Andromeda came out. And there was videos that went up there were comparing the facial animation for the 2007 game. The 2007 game looks better in the, in the facial animation department. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that blew my mind. It's a 10-year... There's a 10-year gap between those games. I'm not making this shit up. Go on YouTube. Look at the comparison videos. It is scary The how, how bad Andromeda's was.
1: They had that glitch. Uh, I think they sort of fixed it, but... It was like where the eyes were bugging out of the sockets of the the characters.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah. They looked like they were just constantly surprised the whole time you're talking to them. And um, yeah, Andromeda had a very uh, troubled development. It's there are some good things about it, but overall, I did not like it as uh, man, the ending. We don't even need to get into that. We'll talk about that another time because we could go on forever. I'll,
0: I'll just say one quick thing about it. It took me six months. Six months to beat that game. So much I hated it. All the other games I beat probably like within two weeks.
1: It was even longer for me. I, th- I think it was like at least a year or more apart, or a year and a half for me. I-, I picked it up and started playing it, and didn't go back to it for yeah, like over a year. And I forced myself to finish it. But uh, yeah, we we can forget about that because we got the Mass Effect Legendary Edition uh, that is out right now, and uh, we can't wait to play that after Resident Evil Village. Um,
0: Chuck, I think it's time we. Introduce the podcast because we're twenty minutes in (laughs) on my uh timer. That's what it's saying.
1: We've been doing we've been doing a long cold open, but uh yeah, so I'll go ahead and intro. Uh yeah, welcome to the Boundless Gamers Podcast. Um I am Jacques and my co-host is Mike as always. And um if you wanna check us out on social media, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter. And now we're on Facebook. I finally made that Facebook page. Uh, we are at Boundless Gamers on everything. We we would love to hear from you guys listening. Like you know, write in if you have any questions, any uh, complaints. We'll take complaints, constructive criticism. Uh, like we said at the top of the show, <laughs> write to us about aliens and UFOs. And I, and I just I want to take this opportunity to thank the audience thus far that is listening. You know, we we just launched. This is our second episode ever. And we, we just had an outpouring of love from everybody, and we're just so grateful because we've been working on this for a long time, and it was a long, arduous road, and it's just gratifying to see that you guys are all enjoying it. So thank you for that. And I, I want to say real quick, too, if I have not followed you back on the Boundless Gamers account on any... Well, see, I, I, I run the Facebook and Twitter, and Mike runs the Instagram. Yep, that's me. But I want to say, if I have not followed you back yet, it's not because I am a dick or I hate you. I've, I was just so busy preparing to launch this podcast, and I'm still dealing with a lot of the stuff on there, uh, trying to get back to everybody. So if I haven't followed you back, just let me know. Just message me or something, and I'll follow you back. You know, it'll probably just you slipped through the cracks or something. So
0: I'm calling bullshit, Jacques. I think you're avoiding him. But
1: look, Mike, you know, you're supposed to support me just no. 100%. No matter what, you always have to agree with me. Sometimes I gotta call out your bullshit. I, mean, I I I think it's bullshit. I I think you hate some of them. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. We have to totally agree on everything, Mike. You know this thing is not gonna work if we're not like in line. I I don't want to hear this shit. You know, yeah, I just want to hear only good things. You know, you don't ever criticize me. Okay, okay, okay. Or I'm gonna fire you. I'm gonna fire. I, I mean, I don't even know if I have that power.
0: That's that's true. He can do that. I'm I'm only the co-host, but then he would have to get another editor.
1: You could fire me too. We'll fire each other.
0: We could just explode the whole thing. I mean, I'll just hit the the self destruct button and we're done.
1: All right, so this is our last podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope you enjoy this quick little intro. And that's that's sweet. You know, we're just uh, we're signing off as the Boundless Gamers. It was a good run.
0: Good run, one episode, man. Episode in twenty minutes.
1: You know, we burned bright and then we just burned out real quick. But uh, anyway, (laughs) we're just I don't know what the hell we're talking about. yeah, so uh, I also want to briefly mention Indy Carroll because we, at the end of last week's podcast, we could not remember his uh, Instagram handle. So I just want to give a shout out to Indy at Reapers Collectibles, and there's an underscore between Reapers and Collectibles. But yeah, go check him out. He is Ashley's husband who did the art for us, and he also is... um an artist himself he he does a lot of cool shit he, he builds cosplays he has this awesome mandalorian cosplay on his i Instagram. was just
0: about to bring that up thank you of yeah. that i love that outfit
1: so fucking cool
0: uh, a while back when he when he was working on it uh, you know he he's i think he told me or he, he i think he made a facebook post that he was doing and i was just like i'm gonna be honest Cindy. i was like right, it's
1: probably gonna be like
0: it's it's going to be okay looking, you know. But then when I saw the final version, I was like, "Holy shit, that looks like something out of a show."
1: It's legit. It looks like it is a part of the show.
0: Make me a Revan outfit now. <laughs> Send it to me. I'll walk around as Revan. I got the lightsaber. I'm ready to go. Actually, well I I do know one person that has a Revan suit. I know her husband, it's Cameron uh I don't know if he's listening to this, but uh she showed me that she has a full custom-made Revan suit and it looks amazing
1: yeah that's somebody awesome. send me a
0: Revan suit come on send me a Revan suit and I will wear it all day long and when I go to bed
1: Reven Revan has one of the coolest masks I think in Star Wars
0: as much as I love Revan though he has that that weird you know that belt that goes around him he has like a bunch of little rings that go all around like sonic ring things yeah like, that's a little too much for me now with the remake if they want to change that I'm fine with it but leave the rest of the suit alone
1: so yeah. Anyway, go visit Reapers underscore Collectibles. Uh, Indy also does like toy uh, action figure photography, which I think is really fucking cool as well. And he's he's got some awesome pictures up on there for that too. Uh, let's see. What do we got next? Uh, I believe that's that's all for our intro. You know, subscribe to us too. You could do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you want, you don't have to, but I we'd appreciate it.
1: All right, let's uh let's just jump into like what we're playing. No more beating around the bush. Let's talk about Resident Evil Village, Mike. So what's your like? Uh, and by the way, too, let me at the top. Let me just say there's gonna be no spoilers, so do not worry about that. Me and Mike, uh, we're not finished with it ourselves. Uh, I think Mike's a little bit farther than I am, but well, about that, I beat the game. Oh, you son of a! You see, you just fucked up my whole intro for that then. <laughs> What the hell, man? (laughs) I wanted to see where you were going
0: to go with that. And then I was just going to slide that in just to mess it all up. Yeah, I beat it earlier. Yeah.
1: I should have known because you fucking blow through games. Yeah, but so like, what's your top level thoughts without spoilers? Okay. I
0: absolutely love the game beginning to end. I really, really like the story. I love how it brought... The, the, the Resident Evil lore that we know of, it it, it, made, it made it feel like it was more in the Resident Evil universe. That was a complaint I had with Seven. I love that game, but it, it just doesn't really feel like it's in the Resident Evil world. This game kind of fixes that. And what they do, which I'm not going to talk about, what they introduce and where the story goes, the whole thing, I love that. Maybe some of you have already played the first half of the game. You're like, what the hell is he talking about? Trust me, just stick around for it. It gets really good. Some of you may not like where it goes, but for just me personally, I loved it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it right now. Favorite Resident Evil story. Really? Favorite one. Yeah. I, I, I just, I liked where where their heads were at with this game.
1: I, I would have beaten it already, but I was so busy this past weekend with launching the podcast that I just had to kind of fit in sessions whenever I could but yeah, all this week, I definitely plan on playing a ton of it. I will probably have beaten it by the next episode. As far as this story, yeah. I mean, so far, I would say I'm probably about a few hours in... I can go ahead and say kind of where I'm at, because it's not a spoiler. Like, everybody knows uh Lady Triple D, is what I call her. Oh, I love her. I currently am in the castle with Lady Triple D chasing me around. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um... You know, I'm kind of confused because I I am so very terrified of her, but I'm also really turned on.
0: You know that, I I won't say the scene, but you know that scene where, I'll just say you're hanging in a room.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're, that was, that was kind of in the trailers a little bit, you know?
0: Yeah, okay, then, uh, yeah, when when, uh, when when your hands grabbed and all that. Very grotesque, but also kind of got excited. Not gonna lie, because I'm playing this on a 4K... Screen you know on the p s five everything looks nice, so you know she looks extremely realistic. everything does in this game, which by the way, one thing I want to shout out to the developers over at Capcom that made this game you get a ten out of ten for making the file size twenty seven to thirty gigabytes. It
1: blows my mind that it's that small. I don't know how they manage that this game is one of the best looking games I've ever seen that the detail yeah, is I agree. stunning. I mean, I'll talk about photo mode in a minute, but um just the the level of detail, the, these character models it looks so good. And just the with the ray tracing on, it's like all the reflections and everything just looks all the, the shiny surfaces look so shiny. Yeah, it's just it's unbelievable. The voice acting in this
0: game is so damn good, except for Ethan.
1: I was gonna say, well, yeah, Ethan is like iffy. You'll have an incredible scene.
0: Perfect performance from the other characters in the scene. And then Ethan chimes in and just like eh. the character himself is fine. It's just the person that got to do the voice is just not delivering those lines right. The delivery is just not there. Well, some of it's fine.
1: See, the problem is is it's like it's made by Japanese developers, and I think sometimes things get lost in translation. So I'm sure it, the dialogue probably sounds way better in Japanese, uh, you know, localized over there. But some of the stuff just sounds like so, um, just so like on the nose and so corny. Like the one part, like early on where, um, Ethan's like, he's like, why is everybody dying around me? He just smashes his hand on the side of the windowsill. He's like, it's
0: just so hilarious. I honestly think that's, that line's fine. It's just how he's saying
1: it. It's true. Probably. Yeah.
0: That's what I'm trying to say. I, I think there are, there is a few corny lines. I, I I'll agree with you on that, but like. The voice and the delivery it just sucks, and it just ruins the scene sometimes, and that's a damn shame when everybody else around him is just, I wouldn't say 10 out of 10, but I mean, the vast majority of them are doing an incredible job, especially Lady D. Oh
1: my god, Lady uh, Triple D, her voice actress, which I just looked up, her name is Maggie Robertson, and I've actually seen there was a video released online of uh, her actually doing the motion capture the, and doing the scenes, and... Like she is amazing. I just love her presence. Uh, she she totally is perfect for that role. And I also just found out something else looking this up. This cast I did not realize, but uh, you know, Daniela, one of the three daughters, yes, she is voiced by Nicole Tompkins, who voiced Jill in, Valentine in the remake of Resident Evil Three. Oh, I did not know that. But uh, yeah, back to the the voice. The, the voice acting is pretty good overall, though. The
0: old woman they've showed her off in trailers i can say that the old woman's voice acting is just like please just just stay here and talk to me for a little bit longer i want to hear you talk more whoever whoever's doing the voice for hers is amazing um
1: let me check it up look it up real quick but the old woman's voice is so hilarious um it's it's super like over the top but in a great way almost like how when you watch when you watch like a b-horror movie and it's like so bad it's good it's just that when she laughs, she sounds like exactly what you would imagine like a, a, a witch sounding like well, yeah, let me go back to Lady Triple D. I just want to talk about her all the time. Yeah, she's so alluring. I don't know what it is. Like maybe I'm learning something about myself that I want to be dominated by by strong women. I, I do love strong female characters. Like I there's something about like a strong female, I'm just like, mmm. I both want to run towards her and away from her. It, it's so confusing when you're in the game. 'Cause you're so terrified, but you're you're also like I want you to caress me and pick me up <laughs> and just carry me. The first
0: time she started chasing me, I'm just like, You could take me. I never do that with with an enemy AI. I run away immediately or I have to fight her or something. I'm just like, nah, you, you you can grab me, that's fine.
1: Uh real quick, I just want I looked up the uh, actress for the old woman. Her name is Carol Stanzioni. That sounds like a Italian last name, I don't know if that's correct, but Stanzioni, I think that's how you say it. Yeah,
0: it's it's got an Italian sound to it. Yeah, it could be.
1: But uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah, I want to talk about the, the photo mode just real briefly. Um, so of course, like as soon as Capcom announced the photo mode, it was like open season with Lady Triple D. So I do have a problem with the photo mode because you cannot move the camera around freely, which is a super puzzling choice by Capcom. It's, like, in a fixed position. I mean, you can do a lot of stuff with it other than that, but the fact that you can't move the camera freely around is just... I don't get it.
0: I think they did that so they didn't have certain angle shots for Lady D, probably.
1: But even then, that's not even true. You can still get, like, all the shots you want, but it's just harder because you literally have to put Ethan, your character, in the position that you want, like he is the camera, before you pause the game and go to photo mode. So once you pause it you can't free roam with the camera. It's so stupid.
0: Oh, that 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 is dumb then. Sorry Capcom. I tried to defend you there but nah. I want to control the camera 100%. Uh
1: so yeah, I have this uh photo I took on there. You can go to my Twitter, my personal Twitter uh, Jacques Perquets. Uh, what I don't even know what my handle is. It's like French Tickler 65 or some shit like that. But go check out this photo that I took. It's a pretty artistic shot. I think it's pretty cool of um, Lady D. Nothing sexual. Like, I'm not not perving out. Like, I just wanted to take a, a straight up, like, artistic shot. But, yeah, so if you z- zoom in on, like, her her, her triple Ds, because, of course, I you know, I'm going to do that. I mean, come on.
0: We're all going to do it. If you say you're not going to do it, I don't believe you.
1: But so follow me because this is not a pervy part. I'm just there's uh, something I noticed that I thought was really cool, and this just goes to like the, the how detailed the characters are. But if you zoom in on like her her cleavage, if you look at like the 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 edges of it, you can see like like um like little tiny like bumps and stretch marks and um and the same thing like on her neck and like her face, and it almost looks like now I Mike probably is already knows what's going on because he beat the game. It almost looks like she under, she puts on makeup, like white makeup, because I think underneath she almost looks like a bluish gray tint, like more like her actual appearance, I think is more ghoulish than what appears on the outside. And there's almost like these circular, um, it's so detailed. You can see these circular movements, like as if someone was rubbing makeup on their self, like circular motions, you can see like all the little lines and stuff. I just can't believe how detailed this game is. Even when you zoom in on the characters with the photo mode, it, everything stands up. Like you can see pores and everything. So kudos to the the character models, uh, artists, and just the environmental artists overall. Like everything just looks so good.
0: And let's also give a shout out to the team that, you know, did the last gen version. I, I've been watching some footage of it, you know, the for PS4 Pro, and a regular base model PS4, the game still looks really damn good. Originally, this was not supposed to come on last gen systems. It was only going to be a PS5 and Xbox S Series X game, but very, very late in the development, they're like, "Yeah, we're we're going to try and get it on there." Yeah, it's it's impressive. So if you if you have a P- the PS4 or the Xbox One, you know, don't feel like you're you're getting a shit version. You're not. It, the game still looks beautiful.
1: It, it does. Yeah, I played the demos on the PS4. It was before I got a PS5, and I thought it still looked great. Like I was kind of surprised how well it ran and looked on the PS4. So they must, they must have worked really hard to get that in order. Kudos to them again. Like th- this whole team is just—they I think they knocked it out of the park. You know, I'm only a few hours in, but yeah, they they just this—it's really good. I I would be surprised if I'm not as in love with this game by the end as you. It's
0: my favorite Resident Evil. So not just the story, just period. It's my favorite Resident Evil game.
1: I really loved the Resident Evil 2 remake. That was my game of the year in 2019, but I could see this overtaking that. Um I also wanted to mention um a little bit about the dual sense integration. They the guns specifically and you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, oh yeah. And it's so hard to describe this stuff, <clears throat> but I'll do as best job as I can. So each gun that you hold when you pull the left trigger to zoom in that the bigger the gun is, the harder it is to pull that trigger down. And it's trying to mimic the heaviness of the gun. So the, the regular pistol, there's really no resistance at all. Now, when you get the shotgun it becomes a lot harder to pull and you can really feel that heaviness. And then when you get the sniper rifle, it's even a little bit harder than the shotgun to pull. Now that, that might sound like annoying, but it really does immerse you in the game. Yep, very immersive. I just think it's so cool. I, I love it. It feels so good on your fingers. That w- wouldn't you say that, Mike? Yeah,
0: of course. I mean, especially with AstroBot. I know we're going to talk about in a little bit this controller. I, like I said in the last episode, you know, th- th- this when you have it in your hand, you're going to understand. When, after you play AstroBot, after you play some of these other games, you're going to understand all the shit that people have been saying because it's just it's too hard to describe this. I mean, yeah, we're trying our best here, but the only way you're really going to understand is when you have it in your hand, and hopefully that will be soon. Hopefully, you guys can get PS fives, you know, uh, soonish, not have to wait till wait wait into next year. But I-, I I just love this controller. I am I'm-, I'm just in love with it. I I love all the shit it can do. It's that tension that the triggers, you know, like he was just saying, you know. When you have that shotgun in your hand, you gotta really push that left trigger down. Now, of course, you can turn this shit off if this isn't your kind of thing. You can turn it off, but I, I highly recommend you don't do that. It, it makes the game just so much more immersive, especially with the um, with the 3D audio that the PS5 can do. Uh, Jacques wasn't able to use the his headphones, but there's a there's a scene in the beginning of the game.
1: I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. It's when yeah.
0: they're all running on the roof and shit, and you're with somebody. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I love that scene, by the way. The acting from that other person was fantastic. But when you have the headphones on, and you turn on virtual surround, uh, I think that's what it's called yeah, in yeah. Resident Evil. I think that, that boosts it even more. You hear them everywhere. They're like running across the, the, the roof and everything. And that part really sucked me in. I, I love that. And the, the 3D audio. Sounded amazing.
1: The sound design in this game is insane because I I scare myself with my own footsteps. Everything is so loud. I'm just constantly like, I have to like, like stand still every so often. Like, is that me or is that someone else? So yeah, it's, and you know, the sound design in the the, uh, remakes too are phenomenal. So like Capcom, um, you know, they just, they get sound design in it, which, and in a survival horror game, it's so important to really set the mood and the atmosphere. So that's just another area where they just knocked it out of the park. Um, I also want to make one quick note, uh, because you know, Mike, I suffer from motion sickness pretty easy. Yeah. I was worried going into this game, since it's in first person, that it was going to trigger that, but it doesn't at all. And I don't know if that's due to the 60 frames per second on the PS5, but I'm super happy that I have felt no motion sickness at all so far.
0: It's it's interesting that you say that because you know when you first start the game, the the, the sensitivity is pretty quick. Did you notice that? Like it's it's fast. Yeah. I actually bumped it up even more. Because I wanted to because we know it was 60 frames per second, I'm like, I want it to be really smooth when I turn. But uh but yeah, when I was playing, I was like, oh, I don't know, this might bother Jacques, but happy to hear it's you know, none of that's been bothering you. That's that's fantastic.
1: Now, if you're one of those people that also suffers motion sickness If you're playing for a really long session, like a few hours, and you're just only staring at the screen, you might feel low levels, Um, but what I would recommend is just get up like every so often and kind of just look at other things. I think there's a rule, I forget what it is, but it's something like twenty twenty, where you look at something 20 feet away for 20 seconds, and that kind of like resets your eyes a little bit. So yeah, just do that like every so often, like maybe like every hour or so, and uh, you'll be fine.
0: But Jacques, I think we should save the the village talk for uh, next week's episode because I know we're gonna have a lot more to say and, and yeah. there's other games you know we've been playing we, pro- sh- we probably should get to them
1: now. And honestly, that's all I really needed to say for now. Anyway, so we'll, we'll definitely uh, talk more about this next. We'll probably do spoilers next week because it'll have been out for you know a couple weeks by that point and people have had time to beat it. So now. We will move on to another Resident Evil, which we were talking about last week, and that's Resident Evil 5. Me and Mike have beat it together, and we have thoughts. <laughs> Don't like that story. <laughs> yeah, the story's like, it's it's, it's all over it's the so place. It's so
0: forgettable. My God, it's, it's bad.
1: It's so, it's corny. It's like, you know, it, it involves Wesker, and it's like, he's such a, just a generic bad guy, and his voice acting's kind of corny, and... Like I said, with Village, I think a lot of that is just, like, the the localization, you know, the the Japanese writers and...
0: No, those lines are really bad. I'm sorry. Like, those, like, compared to Village, those lines are bad.
1: Yeah, for sure. Resident Evil 5 feels more like a... I'm gonna piss off anime fans. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Sean and everybody else. And, you know, to be fair, I, I... Don't watch a lot of anime. I, I like One Punch Man, like the Netflix, Netflix Castlevania show is pretty much my extent of, you know, liking anime. But typically I just don't get into them because I think it's just it's so fucking like corny and like so specific to Japanese culture that I just don't think I get it. And that that is not a knock on the Japanese people either, because I love the Japanese people. I love Japan. I would love to visit uh, Japan someday. But yeah, so, I mean, there's not really much to add to it from last week. It's a fun co-op game if you just want to fuck around with your, your friend or, um, some of the boss fights towards the end were kind of annoying a little bit. Oh
0: Lord. Shut.
1: Just because your your movement is so stiff, which normally is not too much of a problem, but when you're you're facing these giant bosses and you like you have to stand still while you're shooting and they're just they got like these like fifty foot tentacles they're trying to hit you with and it's just like, well, I can't dodge at all? Like what 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 do I do? So that was a little bit annoying. And then you take on like Wesker's the final boss, of course. So it was kind of funny because me and Mike thought we missed something during that boss fight because we kept failing, and we're like, Mike thought it glitched out, and we're like, well, should we reload a save or like what? And
0: when you're fighting him around the lava and you're on that
1: like big platform
0: section area, we were walking around the bottom part of it. You're supposed to get Wesker in the main area on the top, and then he'll he'll do like different attacks, and then you can counter them, and then you can do actual damage to him, but if, you, if you're if you not over over in that area on the platform, he just keeps spinning. I thought he got stuck in a glitch or something, but no, we were just fighting him in the wrong spot.
1: I, I'm not going to knock the game for that. I think that is our fault.
0: Yeah, that is 100% our fault.
1: Because there is two boss battles, I guess they're boss battles, before that in the game where they they train you what you were supposed to do where you there's this uh mechanic where you, one person has to run up and grab the other boss from behind and hold them and then the uh, the second co-op player comes up and has to like trigger uh, an event where you do something so they they did this twice before the final boss fight and me and Mike should have realized that, oh, of course, like, they trained us to do that, so that's what you would have to do. So eventually, I just, like, ramp and grabbed Wesker from behind, and we realized, oh, that's what we're supposed to do, so.
0: We're, like, blaming the game. Oh, it's, it's freaking it's glitching like crazy. What the
1: <laughs> hell, man? Come on. Is it, how, how can these developers mess this up? Because, yeah, yeah, it's, it was us. You wouldn't be a gamer if, like, the first thing you thought of when you're angry or stuck somewhere is like, oh, it's the game's fault, like, <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's never your fault. You always have to blame the design or the mechanics or something, Yeah, you know?
1: It could never be my fault, God-tier gamer? No way. <laughs> I'm perfect in every way. But, uh, yeah, anyway, well, we're pretty much done with that. But just, yeah, go play Resident Evil 5 if you want a good co-op experience. Um, so I think, like, next we should move on to a game you want to talk about, Mike.
0: Yeah, I, I finally was able to put more time into Luigi's Mansion 3 on ah. the Switch. A good five hours. it's probably another six, seven hours of the game. Yeah, I I really, really like it. It's, uh you know, it's Luigi as a Ghostbuster. That's so the the basic way of explaining it. You know, in the story, you know, Mario, Luigi Peach, and Toad, and I don't remember who else is on the bus. They go to this hotel, you know, they're on vacation, you know, the... So they check into a hotel, and it looks like a normal hotel, and everything looks fine and all, but, you know, and uh, as they, you know, go to their uh, separate rooms, which, which, by the way, I, I was, uh, I don't know why I expected this from this game, but I, I don't know why, but I, I thought Mario and Peach would go into the same
1: room. Oh, it's it's like a P. they gotta keep it PG. We all know he's, you know, he's definitely, like, going to her room, so. We, we know Mario gives her the pipe, if you know what I mean.
0: Maybe he just, like, jumps into a green pipe and, and pops up in, in her room in the other end. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the warp world. He just pops up in her bed. And he's like, oh, it's a me.
0: Yeah, I don't know why I expected that. I was like, huh, why didn't they? I'm like, oh, wait, Mike, come on. It's, it's a kid's game. What the hell are you thinking? But anyway, yeah. So, the, yeah, they all, you know, they all hang out into their rooms. So they go to bed. And they didn't realize that this entire hotel is run by this. You know, ghosts, and you know they—they were just pretending to be you know living beings and shit. So this one ghost, you know, lady that controls the entire hotel, she—she's able to capture Mario and all of his all his friends except for Luigi. Luigi escapes, and she sticks them in portraits, and you gotta—and then as Luigi, you gotta you know go rescue them. And uh, yeah, it's—it's it's just a really fun game. I, I love all the gadgets. Um, some of the controls are a little weird, but in this game, you know, you can control. The flashlight, how you control it, is very similar to Alan Wake. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, that's one thing in Resident Evil uh, Village that kind of bothered me. You know, you have a flashlight in the game, but you you have no control over it. It just has to be super, super dark, and then it just turns on automatically. I, I don't like it when games do that.
1: I agree. I noticed that when I was like down in the dungeon area, like I stepped in one room, and it was still about the same darkness as the one I just stepped out of. But for some reason, it like turned off the flashlight. I'm like, why? This is stupid. I can't see.
0: <laughs> just don't. Just don't have a flashlight, friggin'. But yeah, he's got really cool gadgets. I um, mean, you know, it's got a vacuum cleaner. It's basically like the proton pack. Um, his flashlight does act at, also as a weapon. He can, you know, he, he, he flat well, he flashes the the enemies. It's like a oh,
1: he flashes them really. Hmm. He's like, it's a me. It's a Luigi. Check out my pipe. Wow, that sounds like super fucking stereotypical Italian.
0: Oh god, but but anyway, um, uh, yeah, uh, there was a really cool boss fight I just encountered. Um, uh, was it yesterday? Last time I played it, you fight a grand piano. <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool boss fight. But yeah, highly recommend this. Um, it, it sucks that they uh, Nintendo doesn't have the first two on the Switch. So if you want to play the first two games, you're gonna have to, you know, grab a GameCube or a 3DS. Yes, the this, this second game's on the 3DS. I don't know why, but you know, it wasn't on a console. But whatever. Uh, but yeah, definitely check this one out. Great game.
1: I, I don't, I don't know why, but I'm just uh, picturing Luigi on the mic at like a wrestling show. And I don't know if you remember Raven in WCW. He would be like, "What about me? What about Raven?" Like he was this like emo character. But I'm just picturing Luigi being like. What about the me? What about the Luigi? Cuz it's always about Mario. You know, they should make a game where like it's it's all about that like uh Luigi's the villain and he's like tired of being in the shadow. He's jealous he's, like, of Mario. Yeah, plotting Mario's demise. It's like a Cain and Abel or something. <laughs> it's just I don't I don't think Nintendo would uh, go that that hard. See, Mario games are like the only thing that would make me get a N- Nintendo Switch cuz I have not played a Nintendo game or Mario game since the N64. That's kind of when I fell Jesus off. Jesus
0: Christ, man. You got to you gotta get back to the Nintendo land. Come on, what the hell? That's way too long.
1: There's so many, dude. There's Sunshine. There's Galaxy. There's Odyssey. 3. It's just endless, dude. There's so many I want to play. And Maybe one day I'll get a Switch. Probably when they uh, introduce the Pro version, whenever that comes out. Aren't, like, Switches hard to get, though, still?
0: Not really. No, you could easily get a Switch Lite, and the the, the regular model, uh, it's not that hard to get. No,
1: Nintendo's oh, okay. been pumping them out. It's like, I, I want to play them, the Mario games, I just don't have the time, because I'm already so wrapped up in Xbox, PlayStation, and then that's not even mentioning, you know, all the movies and TV, all the streaming services I have to watch, It's and then this podcast, like all the work we do with that, and just, it's it, it's a lot, so yeah, it's so hard to keep up with all this
0: no, I hear you. It's, it's very hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh. so, yeah, let's move on. Um. I wanted to just kind of give my final verdict on Alice Madness Returns, which I talked about last week. I have finished it, and I just, this game is so good, man. I have nothing but great things to say. You know, sometimes games fall off at the end, but I felt like this game was just strong all the way through. Possibly my only complaint, and this is just totally subjective, but I thought like some of the levels like lasted a little bit too long.
0: no, I agree one hundred percent that was one of my original complaints when with the game when I played it back in the day,
1: but that's so minor man everything else about this game the the story is really really good and a lot deeper than you would think from an Alice game I mean really deep, like it gets into some like serious
0: heavy shit very heavy shit in this game.
1: Yeah, like really heavy stuff towards the end, man. There's this this final level that is like the some of the the stuff that they don't outright say, but it's if you kind of look around the levels and kind of, you know, pay attention to the story, you can kind of surmise some uh some despicable shit that is going down. And uh that's another thing I like is they don't spoon-feed you the story. They kind of respect their audience and realize that you are smart enough to kind of put some of these deeper themes together. Yeah. And it just, it, it's so good, man. It's, you know, the story overall is just kind of about, I I think it's about just kind of like, you know, standing up for yourself and just overcoming your own mental illness and uh, pitfalls and just really gaining confidence um, and not letting people kind of take advantage of you anymore, you know? So that, that really resonated with me and um And the gameplay is just, it's fun, man. It'll keep you engaged through the whole thing. There's enough, like, upgrades and unlocks and stuff and collectibles to find that keeps you engaged throughout. And and I just thought a lot of the enemy designs were really cool. Um,
0: Yeah, like the cards and shit, you know, the Alice in Wonderland kind of spin on things. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. The card, uh, I forget what they call them, the card knights or something, but um There's a lot of really grotesque creatures that kind of reminded me of, like, Dark Souls creatures. Like, it's that grotesque. Yeah, I can see that. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, give this game a try, please. It's on um, EA Play, which comes with Game Pass Ultimate. So if you have that, Mm -hmm. you can just play it for free. I'm so happy you
0: discovered this game. And this really goes to show you it's good to go back to check out some of these old games. You never know what you're going to discover. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with just playing you know, modern games. There's nothing wrong with that. I, it's fine. But uh you're really missing out on some of these old classic games. I mean, this game is, what, 11 years old, I think? Yeah. Is yep. that how old it is Yeah, 11 years old. You'd be surprised how many hidden gems are out there. I'm always talking about Spec Ops The Line and Alan Wake and Singularity. If, if, if you don't mind, like, uh, dated graphics and, and stuff, just go play these games. You're You're going to get some amazing experiences from them. If you have the little extra time to check out some of these games, do it. You're, you're not going to regret it.
1: And, and, and uh, something I do too, that might help you out. If you're not aware, there's a website called how long to com, And it's really helpful if you're planning a, uh, you know, a game and you know, you have um, time constraints, you can just go on there and see like how long a game takes to beat. So, if you're just looking for a smaller, shorter game, you can go on there, see how long it is, and uh, make your decisions based on that. But, uh, yeah, I want to just talk about the Game Pass, too, for a sec. Um, we're we're going to talk about Game Pass, like, probably every episode, because it's amazing. And that's not to take anything away from PS Now, but the thing with PS Now is it does have more games but you can't download, um, what is it, like the PS3 games and...
0: You can't download the PS3 games. You can only download PS4 and whatever PS2 games they have on there.
1: Yeah. You can only stream uh, those games, which, you know, a lot of people's connections are spotty and it just doesn't work. So that's why Game Pass is so awesome, because you can download everything. But yeah, Game Pass is just, I think, as it stands right now, I don't know what the future holds, but I think it's such a boon for the industry. And I... I- you know, developers will say the same if you hear them talk about Game Pass and they've had their games on there. And, you know, especially a lot of indie uh, developers who might not otherwise get um, the exposure they would. But on Game Pass, it's like they're getting tons of exposure because you can just go on there. Oh, what do I, I just feel like trying something new today. Uh, oh, this indie game looks cool. Let me try that.
0: Plague Innocence of Tale. What was the name of that game? I forget. The oh, name. my like God. Plague.
1: Yeah. A Plague Tale Innocence.
0: Yeah, that's a fantastic game. I would have never, I mean, I I wouldn't say never. It would have been a long time, like way into the future, but then I probably would have tried it. And then I'm going to like, holy shit, why didn't I play this sooner? But yeah, since it was on there, I was just like, ah, the hell with it. You know, it's not paying anything to play this. So I mean, well, you you pay for Game Pass, but you know what I mean. I'm glad I gave that game a shot. I love it. It's fantastic. It's an awesome game. So, uh, yeah, there's plenty of games like that hidden on the service. So just, you know, experiment you know look around if there's something that kind of piques your interest just download it i mean what do you got to lose
1: yeah exactly um and a plague tale innocence just briefly is uh it's sort of like the last of us where you got like a two you know you have a main character you play as which is a teenage girl and she has her companion which is her little brother and it takes place uh in france i believe and it's during a uh plague um so there's like uh this cool mechanic with the uh, rats everywhere dude it's crazy. <laughs> and the story, It's I would consider this game like a triple-A indie game because the production value is insane. Like, it does not feel like an indie game. The story is fucking amazing. The gameplay is awesome. Go check out A Plague Tale Innocence. Yeah, what's what's your next game, Mike? That's a good question. I don't remember. No, it's uh, X-Men, um, uh, Wolverine, yes, whatever. oh no, that's
0: it. Yeah, it's X-Men Origins Wolverine. I've been playing that on the of the PS3 um it's still really good um obviously the uh the frames per second doesn't really hold up it's a little slow but yeah it's i still really like it and it, you know what's crazy they actually got Hugh Jackman to do the voice and they got some of the other actors that were in the movie as well
1: yeah didn't they give a uh, give Schreiber who plays Sabretooth
0: yep they got him this is a really good X-Men game it's very underrated X-Men Legends and some other games are always mentioned above this, which I completely understand. X-Men Legends was a really good game back in the day, but both of them, you know, one and uh, two apocalypse. Yeah. But if you have a 360 or a PS3, seek out this game. Don't spend too much though, because it is a little pricey. If you can get, get a copy, play it. It's a real good time. And if you like games like the original God of Wars and stuff like that, you're going to feel right at home with that game.
1: And this this game is like a hard R too. Like there's tons Very. of gore.
0: Holy shit! It's it's gory. Yeah. Here's an example. Like uh, when you're getting shot to shit, Wolverine is completely his chest is completely ripped apart. You can see his rib cage and everything. That's awesome. There's so many environmental executions in it. Be like paling guys on like trees and a forklift. If you're if you like seeing that kind of shit in video games, yeah, you're gonna have a ball with this.
1: It's definitely the truest representation of Wolverine from the comics that we've seen in video games.
0: It's all new to me too because I haven't played the game since it came out, so it's like I don't I don't remember a lot of it. If you love X Men, you want you want more X Men game, video games, and I know there's not many out there. You know, seek this one out. It's great.
1: I wish I could play it, but I don't really have any means to. So, but uh, yeah, so I'll move on to our final game uh, for the what's what we're playing section, and. So I've been playing Astro's Playroom on the PS5, and I beat it. Mike, you'll be proud of me for this. I got the platinum for it. Yes. We're slowly
0: getting, it, getting him to <laughs> You're come converting over to the me. trophy hunting. <laughs> little by little. He's not there yet, but he's yeah. going to get
1: there. I typically have not given a shit about trophies. Um, I mean, I enjoy getting them, but I don't specifically go for platinums. But I, lately, I kind of have been going for more. So this is my eleventh platinum, and uh, it's, it's not a difficult platinum; like it's fairly no. easy. So, you know, if you are looking for like a, a game that is um, has an attainable platinum, this is definitely one of them, and it comes on the console and uh, already. I think it's already yeah, installed.
0: Yeah, it's on there; it's ready to go.
1: So, yeah, you have no reason not to play this at least. Um but yeah th- this game is so fun man it's it's really a joy to play and um I really enjoyed all the PlayStation history and finding little easter eggs and stuff in the uh in the game throughout. Yeah the 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 big draw with this though is the DualSense for me because this is where it's really on display. I mean this game is like a DualSense showcase. I believe that was its intention. There's just a few things I wanted to mention about it. The the, the two things for me that felt the the coolest, one was ice skating. So there's like this ice level, you know, and you actually are skating around and and it's, I'm going to try to describe this the best I can. Okay. Once again, because it's very difficult. It's not easy. Have you ever had like a pin in your hand? You know, you're just like ripping it like full fist and you're like just dragging it across like a desk or something and you you feel that the slight like vibrations through the hollow pin yeah, of course. in your yeah. in your palm that's kind of how it feels when you're ice skating around there, there's like this very distinct feeling and it feels right too that's the thing about all these however whatever wizardry they've done to program this controller everything feels so customized like it's insane it they, it's not like it doesn't feel like they reuse effects for multiple things Everything feels so specific to what you're doing, and it feels intuitively right um and it also adds to it that you have sounds coming out of the controller speaker, which really adds to that that feeling whatever they're trying to convey. so like when you're you're skating around, you have the feeling and the grips, but you also have like the uh the sounds of like skating on an ice. Yeah, everybody knows what it sounds like to skate on the ice, I think you know just that like yeah, exactly. And uh, so that combined, it's like, you really feel like you're, you're ice skating. It's crazy. I don't know how they do it. Another one that I thought was pretty cool is the bow and arrow. Oh, I love that. Yeah, this uses the adaptive triggers. So it's kind of similar to like what I was saying with Resident Evil Village, where it's like the you pull the left trigger, and this is slightly different. It, it, it has resistance, almost like you're drawing back the string on the bow. So... It, it, you get some resistance. The best way I can describe it is like when you go to the gas station and you pump your gas and you squeeze the, hmm. the pump and you're pulling it and it's got resistance until it reaches a certain point and then it just gives way and you pull it all the way back. That's how it feels.
0: You just nailed it. Like That's the best way to describe it.
1: Yeah, because I was sitting down and I'm like, okay, like let me try to explain this in a, a way that the audience can understand. And I thought about it real hard and I was like, a gas pump. That is the best way I can describe this. So yeah, with the bow and arrow, like you're pulling it back and it's and it feels like you're pulling back a bow and arrow. It's crazy. I, I can't yeah, stress
0: you, you start to feel that tension really yeah. build up in the trigger and it starts to not hurt, but it, it it puts a little like tingling feel. Like you start to feel that oof, like I better let this go.
1: And it's not just one thing. Like I said, it's how they combine all of this. The controller speaker, the adaptive triggers, the haptic haptic feedback. So when you're pulling the draw the string back on the bow, not only is it the resistance, but from the speaker, you're hearing like that um that like creaking sound when you pull back, you know, the tension is really tight on the bowstring, it's like a creaking. Yeah. So you hear that. And then on your screen, your character is almost like slightly wavering, like shaking, like it's taking some strain to hold the the string back. So just all that combined, it's like it feels like you're really using a bone arrow. So I'm just thinking like future games, I cannot wait. So say with the ice skating, as much as we play hockey games. Oh man! I cannot wait to feel this with a hockey game.
0: I'm a little worried about the sticks, though. I hope they fix the drifting. <laughs> when you have to shoot the puck, that could be a problem. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah well, yeah, we won't, we won't mention that. Uh, but and then the bow and arrow. Like I'm looking forward to Horizon Zero Dawn. Well, not Zero Dawn. Excuse me. That's the first one. Horizon Forbidden West, which is the sequel, coming out at some point this year, hopefully. But, you know, you use a, a bow in that a lot. So I just cannot wait to see that in action with this. It, it's just so cool, man. I can't wait for anybody who doesn't have a PS5. I cannot wait for you to get it and feel this dual sense. Jason, if you're listening to this part right now, I know you said, oh, I'm just going to turn that off. Don't turn it off.
0: Or try it at least first. It's It is so immersive. Like it is, it's not gimmicky. No, that's the that's the thing. When when people hear people talking about this, like, oh, that's just another gimmicky thing. No, tr- trust me, trust me. I'm the first one who would tell you that. Like, when something's gimmicky, I'm, I'm gonna say, t- oh, no, this is so unnecessary. It's ah, like, why why do they do that? No, this feels like a next step with video game controllers. I'm telling you right now, don't don't shut it off, guys. Maybe there's some uh, some of you other listeners who probably think of the same thing. Don't. Do it. Give it at least a few hours. I I a not a few hours. It only took me like a few, like ten seconds to lo- fall in love with it. But it's not what you think it is. You'll 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 see. You'll see.
1: At first, you might be like, "Oh, this isn't like a big deal." Trust me. Just keep playing. Experience all that you can. Like play Astros Playroom because that is the best way to feel everything and feel just how customized everything feels. Here, I'll put it this way. So normally. I would turn vibration off on controllers because I don't like to drain the battery and it's not that big of a deal for me. Once I've played the DualSense, I was like I'm never turning this off. I don't know why you would want to turn this off. It's that important. And it's only going to get better with like as developers get more used to it.
0: There's one thing you didn't mention. Uh, I, w- I want to know how you felt when the little astrobot is walking over glass. That tapping feel that the controller's Oh, I I can't like it's it's hard to describe, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so like pinpointed on the controller grips too. It's not just this like you know, wide feeling of vibration, like a normal vibration. It it feels like, yeah, little like like little pinpricks that don't actually hurt, don't poke you in the finger, but you can just slight it's so subtle. You can feel and it's similar with like raindrops. Yeah, like, it
0: feels like there's actually rain dropping onto the controller hitting the controller. It's 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 wild.
1: And that combined with, like, the speaker, like I said, there's the point where, like, the wind is blowing on you and you can hear it in the controller. It's so cool.
0: And you could feel the wind, like, go through the controller.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, not only that, it's not just, like, static, the sound. it's It it, it rises and falls. Like, it's moving through the controller. Like, it, I, it's so hard to explain.
0: Now you understand. <laughs> I tried my best last week.
1: So there is there's only one... Sort of negative that I will mention is it drains the battery extremely quick. But the battery also charges extremely quick, so it's not that big of a deal. So it kind of like... Uh... Cancels it out. Yeah. yeah, cancels it out. Exactly. Yeah, and just like the game itself is a really, really good platformer. If you like platformers and like cute characters and, um, you know, if like Mario's your shit, we were talking about that earlier. This is the game for you it's It introduces like so many cool gameplay mechanics that I have not seen before it, There is challenge, but it's not too insurmountable like it's very approachable and let's not forget
0: about all the cool PlayStation shit that's in this and the collectibles oh and my you, God, you go in this like big room and it has like the consoles and like the the games, the memory cards like every PlayStation device you can think of is probably in this because they even have some of the most obscure shit in there.
1: Oh, yeah, they had shit I hadn't even heard of. I'm like, I'm trying to think of something. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But yeah, I was like, shit, I didn't even know that Sony released. And they're basically, you know, you have this, it's almost like a museum room. Like, as you collect things in levels, it'll add them into this museum room. And they're very, they're huge. They're gigantic. Like, so you will you literally have, like, all the consoles and you can climb them and scale them. You can interact
0: with them and turn, turn them on and hear the noises and shit, yeah.
1: Yeah, you, know, you punch the power button or like the disc open tray and it does it. It's just and the trophies are so good too. Like they're so fun to get. Like I said, the platinum was not super hard to get, and it's actually a really fun platinum.
0: The moment you get a PlayStation 5 and you set it up, this is the first game you have to play. Absolutely. Nothing else. You gotta play Astrobot. Guy it deserves the the Metacritic score it has. What is it like 85 or something like 86? It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, if you're like a fan of just PlayStation history and you've kind of been playing, especially if you've played all the, if you've owned all the consoles, you are just going to be lost in this game. You know, you're just not lost, like what's going on, but you're just going to like a wonderland, like you're enjoying to just be lost in this game because. It's a nice trip down memory lane. It's, it really it's, is. Yeah. It, it's just going to put a smile on your face and there's so much stuff to to find, so many Easter eggs. So yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about that. So Mike, I think we're done with the what we're playing section. <laughs> now, our topic for the show is um one that's we came up with during a podcast. I believe it was last week's. Maybe I, I don't no, remember. No, it was a test.
0: It was a test episode.
1: Was it? Okay.
0: Yeah, we never re- released it.
1: And you already know what the topic is if you've read the title. <laughs> it's um Randy Pitchford is a piece of shit. And uh yeah, so we're just pretty much gonna talk about Randy Pitchford. And uh for, for those that don't know Randy Pitchford, I believe he is the CEO of Gearbox.
0: That is correct,
1: yes. Yeah, and um which they make like Borderlands is probably their best known game. Um they've also made uh what was that? Battleborn? Is that the name of that? Yeah, that
0: horrible game. Oh god, that died within five minutes.
1: It was like a Overwatch clone.
0: Yeah, it was terrible. Um, They've done Band of Brothers, and I think they worked on a Half-Life expansion back in the day, and then uh, Colonial Marines, of course.
1: <laughs> I was suffering about that. So Mike, yeah, if yeah, if you, you want to take it away, though, and just kind of talk about how much of a piece of shit Randy Pitchford is. Here's the
0: thing, though. Like, where do you begin with Randy Pitchford? Because he's done so much shit, like bad shit that makes the company look terrible and everybody under him look like they're a bunch of assholes i just absolutely can't stand this guy and, and you know, this is a rare thing for me because you know i always give people the benefit of the doubt i always look try to look for the good in people i always you know defend i try to defend when it's you know you know when they need to be defended and stuff but th- this guy is just like why is he still there how is the board of directors not get them out of the company does he have, like, terrible shit on them or something?
1: He has to. I swear he has to have dirt on higher-ups, because there's after all the shit he's done, there's no way that he would be able to stay on board. He is, like, the only guy I can think of in a high position in the games industry that has done just time after time just horrible shit, and still nothing has happened. Because, like, typically people get canceled, or they have to back down from the company, or they get fired, or whatever. None of that with this guy
0: bro like if anybody else did this in any industry or whatever it is they'd be gone they'd be like nope you're you're terrible you're you look what you're you're damaging your, our our name get the hell out of here you know and they'll figure out a way to get him out they'll pay him off or whatever now maybe some of you aren't aware of the shit he's done and we're going to just briefly talk about each one but
1: let's get into that right now cuz people who don't earn in the know are probably like wondering what the hell has he done so let's get into that now we could go in like you know a timeline order, a chronological order, if you want. So go ahead. I
0: think Randy Pitchford started. He started to get noticed with you know after the whole Aliens Colonial Marines debacle. That game was just horrible. But anyway, Sega you know hired Gearbox you know to make an Aliens game, and uh, they they were working on it for years and years and years, and it was just not going anywhere. And uh, you know Sega's like, what the hell's going on? You know like you know, guys, oh no no no, it's, it's getting along. You know, and Randy Pitchford he he lies a lot. I mean, everybody lies, but like he's a,
1: no, no, no. This guy is a pathological liar.
0: Yeah, definitely. But yeah, like the the, the game was it was in development for, for so long, and then they eventually they put out a the, the famous you know it was it 2012 maybe the E3 uh, gameplay reveal, and it, the game looked amazing. I was like, this this is awesome. This is aliens. Yeah, I'm like yeah. All right, let's go. You know, 2013 is coming out. The game came out, and you know, it was a lie. It was nothing like that gameplay thing that they showed off it's a completely different game and you know why that is it's because um like obviously randy made this decision because you know he's what he's one of the people that would make this decision they outsourced the game to timegate and some other developer to finish to make the game that e3 thing that they showed off gearbox made that but they really didn't make the campaign at all they kind of worked on the multiplayer from what i heard and then they just focused every all their talent into borderlands and this game was 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 in development for for so long. Sega, you know, wanted Gearbox to make this game, not not Timegate. All these other guys, and and, and to this day, Randy Pitchford just you know he he will block or fight anybody who says like you know that game's a piece of shit and you lied and you know, all this. And there's a lot of stuff tied to this game. Like you know, the, the, there was a whistleblower that came out, and it never revealed who it was. That said, the money that you know they they that Sega gave them, they they put it towards Borderlands. The fact that that's floating around out there you know that's that says something
1: it's an allegation but it seems like it's pretty legit because yeah the allegation was that you know well sega published um aliens colonial marines so the allegation was that yeah he took all the money that um sega was giving them to make that and essentially funneled it into the development of borderlands 3 which is the game they really cared about and then they pretty much like mike said just it had another developer make the the bulk of aliens colonial marines and
0: Timegate went out of business after this game
1: which just sucks for them that, that's totally not fair
0: sega is not you know completely in the clear you know they did something really stupid like when the game came out they put out this like ridiculously realistic cgi trailer that didn't make things better so no yeah i don't know there was a class action lawsuit accusing them of uh gearbox and sega you know, falsely sh- showing us, you know, gameplay footage that just wasn't real. Like, they just bait and switched us. It's like, hey, you know, here, here's this Mustang, you know. You, you're going to buy this Mustang, check it out. Yeah, it looks great. All right, well, we'll, we'll send it on over in a couple weeks. And, you know, the car arrives, and it's Mr. Bean's
1: car. Not not just with the graphics, either. It was with the gameplay, yeah. the AI, the aliens and Colonial Marines. In the demo, they were much smarter than the final product.
0: This is, like, low on the list for Randy Pitchford.
1: Yeah, continue. Like what else has he done?
0: There was a big Twitter explosion, but, which by the way, he argues with his fans a lot. I don't know if he still does it. He has me blocked. He has me blocked, but he he argues with his fans a lot and he get he says a lot of bad shit and that 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 right there bothers the shit out of me. That's a pet peeve when like some when a when a company leader is on s- social media and he's just running its mouth and acting like an asshole. I hate that. But anyway, they there was like a, a back and forth thing with one of the guys over at Game Informer because Randy Pitchford said before Borderlands 3 came out that there was going to be no microtransactions in the game but then somebody over at Gearbox later said oh, no no there is this this cosmetic and there's that and this and then you know Game Informer called them out Randy Pitchford got so freaking angry and he just started attacking them on Twitter
1: well, let me just add too that this wasn't just anybody. This was Andy McNamara, who has worked at Game Informer for like three decades and is one of the most well respected games journalists in the industry. So he has a ton of ton of credibility and he was backing his people. And, you know, as we know with Randy Pitchford, he he does not take criticism well at all. He don't like Jim Sterling, so no.
0: <laughs> Watch Jim Sterling's uh Randy Pitchford is poison video. I think that's the name of it. After you listen to this podcast, if you want to know more, watch that. He, he made an incredible 30-minute video about all the shit we're talking about.
1: Yeah, it's a great video, sums everything up. So what, what else? Let's move on to something else he did. There's the famous
0: Medieval Times incident. I'm sure you remember what that is.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: But, uh, yeah, so he went there, you know, he had a good time. He accidentally left a USB stick
1: there and one of the employees uh, found it let me cut you off it was not an employee it's some random person found it because he left it behind it had a bunch of classified companies shit on it not only that but it had uh pornographic material on it yeah let me just can i read a little quick paragraph from uh wikipedia about this because
0: yeah go ahead
1: this is, uh, this is hilarious. So, yeah, in 2018, former Gearbox lawyer Wade Callender filed a lawsuit against Pitchford that alleged that Pitchford had left a USB drive containing sensitive Gearbox information and quote unquote child pornography at a restaurant in 2014. Pitchford clarified that the pornographic film on the USB drive was not child pornography and stated that he had saved the pornography. For the purpose of studying a sexual act performed by the female actress that he claimed to be similar to a magic trick. Because Randy Pitchford is a magician, I guess. He does tricks. So his Twitter handle is like Duval Magic. So he's into magic. So he was claiming that he was just studying this pornographic material uh, for a magic trick. And uh, I don't believe that it actually was child pornog- pornography, to be fair, but the actress appeared very, very young, so...
0: It was barely legal, yeah. I think. like Yeah, like 18, kind of thing, yeah.
1: So, continuing, uh, Gearbox filed a grievance with the State Bar of Texas against Calendar for filing a lawsuit that includes accusations that he knows to be untrue. Calendar later provided documents that he claimed backed up his position, in October of 2019, both sides announced that the lawsuit had been dropped in a joint statement by the parties called the issue a misunderstanding and further stated that Pitchford, Pitchford had been exonerated. Here's here's the problem I have with this. It's
0: it's not, okay, you know, he has that on the, the, the stick, kind of weird, you know, to have that kind of shit on there, whatever. If it's legal, it's not not underage, you know, do, do whatever you want.
1: Which which is totally fine. Like, yeah, You, know, that's you do fine. that in yeah. your own time, but don't 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 also have that on a USB with lots of like uh company files and stuff. That that's should what not I was going to get there. into.
0: That's what really bothered me about this is that how could you be that careless and put all of your you know your your secret po- projects and all this stuff that you're working on on a USB
1: stick with no password protection? I believe a ra- the random person that find it found it actually blackmailed them too. Oh, good, fantastic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you got to learn your
1: lesson. So, right, what else has he done? What's next? Let's keep going.
0: The next thing, um, you know, this is one of many things. I don't even have all the shit written down, by the way. After we're done with this podcast, there's more stuff you can look up. But he, apparently, they weren't properly paying the the voice actor who did the original Claptrap voice,
1: David Eddings.
0: David Eddings, thank you. There was some back and forth between him and Randy, and you know, there, there's a whole Twitter thing. You know, you can go check out, but. Uh the last tweet that, you know, that caught my eye, what David said, is that he um he said he's never came out with this publicly before, but he's saying it now, you know. Randy Pitchford assaulted him in a hotel.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's like I believe that um he was fired from his role too. 'Cause cause Randy Pitchford had claimed that like he didn't want to come back and do the role of Claptrap, but it turned, it sounds like that was not true, according to David Eddings. And the fact that allegedly Randy Pitchford physically assaulted him in a hotel room. I mean, you know, it's like they say where there's smoke, there's fire. You just don't hear so many repeated things about a guy. And for at least some of this not to be true. And then he wasn't that wasn't the only actor. Of course, uh, Troy Baker, a uh, legendary voice actor. Troy Baker also had a, uh, a little encounter with Randy Pitchford where it was a similar instance where. You know, Pitchford said that Troy Baker did not want to reprise his role as Reese from Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, they were going to bring him back for Borderlands three. And he said that, uh, you know, he wouldn't reprise his role. And Troy Baker's like, uh, that's not true at all. <laughs> and I think what it was is that they just didn't want to pay Troy Baker what he wanted because Troy Baker said he wouldn't do it because it was non union. They, they wouldn't agree to, uh, to hire unionized sorry, actors no. for Borderlands three. Which is their right, but, uh, you know, it sounds like they were cutting corners. And, like, Troy Baker's one of the most talented voice actors in the industry. Like, why wouldn't you pay him what he wants? Like, he's worth it. You know, you can argue about, like, you know, old Troy Baker's in everything. I'm a little bit tired of him um, myself. Kind of tired of hearing the same voice over and over. But that's neither here nor there. Randy Pitchford lied about it, though. Again, he constantly, he's lies about everything. He's a pathological liar. Oh,
0: God, and it gets worse. This is something I'd rather have Jacques say because I'm just going to butcher the shit out of it. But anyway, I'll just briefly mention that, you know, the company where they do profit sharing, you know, and employees that they're paid like the, the minimum and then, you know, they receive the big payouts, you know, if the game sells well, and all that, you know. So they had this plan set up where, you know, okay, you know, so you just... Come on and join the project, you know. Come and work with us. You're not going to get paid that much, but don't worry, you're going to get big, big bonuses when the game comes out and it's finished. And so you know, I, so everybody's like, "Hey, that sounds like a great deal." You know, let's go do that. Well, when the time came for those those people to get their money, they didn't get it. The thing that really up uh, that really pissed me off is what Pitchford told the employees that wanted you know the money that you know that they rightly deserved, you know, because they worked hard on the game, you know, they put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. He just told them, "Well." We're not going to be able to do that right now, uh, and uh, and if you don't like it, you can you know walk out the door. You can leave.
1: He he withheld twelve million dollars worth of bonuses to his employees, allegedly. Now it's worth noting he was exonerated of this in court. It was the same guy, Wade Calendar, I was talking about, which he was the former Gearbox uh, counsel. So. Clearly, there's bad blood between those two. Like, he hates Randy Pitchford. So, you know, he might have, like, a, an agenda, too. So I'm not going to totally say, like, you know, all this is true. But the fact that, you know, like I said, this just keeps happening does add a little more to Credence.
0: The next thing, you know, yeah, there's more. There's more people. There's more. The, n- the next thing, uh, you know, with the whole Duke Nukem 3D music, you know, the guy who made all the music for, like, you know, uh, Duke Nukem, the old Wolfenstein Games, Doom, he had like a royalty deal that he was supposed to you know, get a dollar for every game, for every game copy that was sold. Yeah, he didn't see any of that money. And he went to go to Gearbox and Randy and talk about it. And they they said, oh, well, we, Randy said, oh, we didn't have make a deal like that or blah, blah, blah. And anyway, he also told him, oh, but I'll take care of it for you. I'll take care of it. I'll, I'll, we'll fix it. And then shortly after, you know, Gearbox, you know, tried to sue 3D Realms for not saying the music was included in the sale, even though the guy had proof. That they did have a deal set up in place. I'm not blaming the entire gearbox company. By the way, this is just Randy Pitchford, and maybe there's a few other people behind the curtains we don't know about who are making these decisions. Everybody else who's uh, underneath the, the the developers, the other workers, and all these other departments, it, it it sucks for them because you know when when the top guy is some you know like like Randy Pitchford, he's the face of the company. When he does stupid shit like this, it makes all of them look bad. And I hate that. I hear, and people go around saying, Oh, Gearbox, you know, hell with that company. I hope they go under, you know, a piece of shit. Randy Pitchford. No, it's just Randy. And like I said, maybe some, a few other people that we don't know of. They gotta go. I, I guarantee we haven't heard much about Randy Pitchford, uh, recently. Um, but I guarantee you he's going to pop up in the news again at some point.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I- I'm wondering if like they've like some of the higher ups, higher than him, whoever they're you know 2K or their shareholders or whatever. I wonder if they finally stepped in, like, look, dude, you you gotta fucking lay low for a while because this is getting out of hand. And there's so much more
0: we can get into. There's other stories, but you know what? If you're interested, go watch Jim Sterling's video and maybe do a little research if you're bored one night. There's more. There's like the IGN unfiltered. Is it unfiltered? Is that what the show's called?
1: Yeah, IGN Unfiltered, hosted by Ryan McCaffrey.
0: Yes. By the way, that guy is so professional,
1: something maybe Randy Pitchford should try to do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> He's easily one of the best games journalists around. And um, yeah, I watched his interview with uh, Randy Pitchford. And it, as, of course, Randy Pitchford, you know, lying again about something. So it's typical. Go watch that, too, if you want. Watch him squirm and make up lies. Just to cover our asses, I'm gonna say all this stuff we've said about Randy Pitchford is only allegedly. Yeah, so there's there's more stuff, but yeah, we're we're probably boring you at this point if you don't care about Randy. But um, yeah, he he's just Randy Pitchford is a piece of shit. He, even if all this stuff is alleged, I'm just gonna straight say like Randy Pitchford is a piece of shit. And I think that he should step down from his role at Gearbox for the good of the company and all the, the great developers that have to work there with him. So that, that's just, I've said my piece on the matter. There are some things I forgot to mention about the PS5 that I wanted to briefly mention. Oh, yeah, please, please. After the Randy Pitcher thing, I could use this. So <laughs> yeah, I need to clean my palette. So first of all, and this is pretty obvious to anybody who's just even seen a picture, but the PS5 is gargantuan. It's a beast. Like, it is comically large. You you won't believe it until you actually get it out of the box. It, it's so large. It's the largest console I've ever seen. It's the largest one I've
0: ever owned, yeah.
1: And um, I do want to mention, Um, so I have mine horizontally, which is laying down. They have this little stand that comes with it that you put underneath. It's not very secure.
0: It, it's only secure if you have it in the vertical. Like, it's it's tight. It's on there. It's not moving. When it's horizontal, yeah, that thing is wobbling like crazy. I, did, I tried it once. I was like, no, I was like, no I'm good.
1: I, I think it looks better vertically, the console, but I just can't fit it that way on my stand. So I have to lay yeah. it horizontally. And I know that, yeah, it is more secure when it's vertical. That's not a problem. But when you lay it down, it, it pretty much just kind of clips on very lightly. And then... The, the other side of it is just loose. Like, it doesn't fully clip on. So when you lay this thing down, like, be very careful uh, that you make sure it's exactly in the place that you want it. And it's it's a tight fit. Because this thing could easily kind of, like, you know, you got to be careful when you're moving it or cleaning it with this stand. Because it could, like, um you know, become disengaged easily from the stand. And then uh, I also wanted to mention that I went back and played Control on the PS5 to see all the oh. enhancements. Um that game looks so good on the PS5. It's it, the ray tracing alone is like cuz you can swap it back and forth. You can turn I believe it's like they have a performance mode and like a resolution mode, similar to Spider-Man. So I think it's you either have to make a choice with most games now between 60 frames and ray tracing. Not Village. Yeah, Village is crazy. That's that's an outlier cuz You can run 4K, 60 frames, plus ray tracing. Everything's on, yeah. Technically, I think they say it's 45 frames, but I've seen, uh, I think, like Digital Foundry or someone did tests, and they said, no, they just advertised that to save their, to cover their asses, but it pretty much runs at, like, a close to steady 60 frames, so you get all the bells and whistles. But, yeah, and control. So I just kept flipping back and forth, like, as I was playing, like, just seeing the differences, and, boy, you really can tell the difference with ray tracing on. It's not a joke. It's... Everything just looks better. You know, there's more realistic reflections in uh, everything, you know. um, Everything's shinier. It it just adds to the overall um, picture quality. Bro,
0: wait till you see Spider-Man. Holy shit, with the buildings.
1: (laughs) Oh, I bet. Yeah, I definitely will play that eventually. And then the 60 frames per second, like... I had never really uh, played 60 frames much, you know, because it hasn't really been on consoles until, like, these these current-gen systems. But you really can tell the difference. Uh, everything just feels smoother when you're—especially if you have games with uh, heavy combat-like control and you, you need to move around, like, really quickly and you don't want any lag. Man, it, it is hard to go back to, like, 30 frames or whatever. It's amazing. It's so smooth. Wouldn't wouldn't you say so, Mike?
0: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I I play a lot of uh, PS3 games and shit, and, you know, the best you usually get out of those is 30 frames, and uh, even last gen, most were 30 frames per second as well, but yeah, it's night and day difference. Now, I would like to see the jump between 60 and 120. Yeah, me too. That I want to see, yeah.
1: I heard it's not as crazy, but yeah, you're still going to notice a bump. If you're if you like know you're going to get a um, next gen console like a Series X or the, the PS5 and you are looking to get a new TV, make sure that it has like true like 120 hertz refresh rate because that's going to be huge going forward for this gen.
0: No, I actually, I still do think 60 frames per second is going to be the the standard for the majority of the generation, but there is going to be a few games here and there that's going to do 120 because you know, people are just now slowly getting into 4k tvs and most of the ones that are out there are just 60 and they kind of hit 120 you know there's that fake thing that some tvs do like 120 cmi mine does that where it's it's not a real 120 frames per second but
1: uh yeah mine has that too i believe
0: if you only have a 4k 60 frames per second you know 60 hertz tv i think you're okay for at least a while oh yeah right now don't, don't feel like you have to rush out but if, if you have the money to get a tv that can do that you got that little extra dough laying around, then I highly recommend it. But if not, I think you're perfectly fine with 60 hertz.
1: Yeah, 60 is perfectly fine. I'm just trying to like make sure uh, people are future-proofed for their yeah, of uh, course, yeah. electronic purchases. Um, and just lastly, I wanted to mention too, um, so I was going on YouTube when I first got this PS5 and just trying to check out like all the 4K HDR videos. And I stumbled upon this, um, this channel called Virtual Japan, And they Hmm. essentially just take you through the streets for like an hour, two hours, whatever. There's all kinds of videos. And it's just in first person, like just person going through the streets slowly with the camera. And you're just, you're literally walking through Japan, you know, the crowds, like lights, everything. I got addicted to it, man. I just could not stop watching these videos because it looks so good in 4K HDR. It's just, it feels like you're in Japan. It's like the closest thing you can get to actually going there.
0: It's funny you mention that. Um, my my parents—they actually watch those videos all the time, and they only have a 1080p TV. But that, they, yeah, they'll they'll sit there for hours and watch people just walk around Manhattan and walk around yeah. France and shit like that. Yeah, it's the first person. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I mentioned them too. yeah.
1: especially now with like COVID, where like people are not traveling as much, it's just like you get a chance to really see other places in the safety of your own home. And then with like I said, with the TVs today with the 4K HDR, man, it just looks so crisp and smooth. You know, you could just sit there and I'll just I'll just pop an edible in, you know, get real high and just fucking sit there for like an hour or two just watching these Japan videos.
0: You're just missing one more thing. You just need that VR headset on while you're doing oh. All that. oh then then you're really there. Well not really, but you know what I mean you're that's the closest you're gonna get.
1: Yeah I think maybe one day I'll eventually get VR it's just not a priority right now.
0: I want to get into that that VR world. I want to try it. It's another one of those things like the dual sense. You just got to try it. It's too hard to explain it. You just got you got to put it on your head.
1: Plus, there's always the uh, the porn too. That'll probably be pretty cool in VR.
0: Yeah, I mean a lot of people are using it for that. Let's let's be honest. Let's be real here. That's probably one of the first things I, I would <laughs> yeah I would try. Yeah, come
1: on. Yeah, like Half Life is cool, but uh, you know, I mean, uh, get some titties in my face. <laughs> Let's see if they have any of those uh, Lady D... uh... Oh, God. (laughs) Mike, it's rule 34. If it exists, there's porn of it on the internet. All right, Mike. So, yeah, let's uh, go ahead and just uh, stop talking about the porn and triple Ds, as much as I love talking about that. Uh, Let's move on to surprise mechanics. So, what is your surprise mechanic, Mike? It's story time.
0: Now, it's video game related. Jacques, did I ever tell you about the very first original Xbox I had?
1: I don't think so.
0: Back in 05, we had a we had a big yard sale. It was like a kind of like a block yard sale. Everybody was having yard sales all over the place. Now, I don't know if my sis might be listening to this, but she probably I'm sure she remembers this. But uh she, she went to a, one of the yard sales that was nearby, and she comes back she's like, "Oh, I got an original Xbox for us and I was like, oh, like that's cool, and all. And I had my my friend was over at the time who had an original Xbox, and it was like, oh yeah, yeah, just you know, set it up and tr- try it out and everything. I'm like, oh yeah, cool, all right. So we brought it inside, <laughs> so we hooked this thing up. Right out of the gate, the controllers shot to hell. Doesn't work. Maybe maybe two or three of the buttons work on it. <laughs> that's not the worst thing about it, though. The console itself was filthy, but then you know that's to be expected. Sometimes when you get a used console, sometimes especially from a yard, so you're going to have to clean it. That's just the way it is. All right, it's cosmetic dirtiness, whatever. So we try to open it up to put a game in it. We hit the, the eject button to get the disc tray to come out. It wasn't coming out. Hit it again. It wasn't coming out. It wasn't coming out. So we had to literally pull that thing out. Pull it. In. It was really in there. So we finally got it out. There was a disc in there. Uh, I think it was an official Xbox magazine demo disc. <laughs> That's random. Yeah, it is very random. I don't remember what what games were on it or anything. I don't I don't know. So we take the disc out, we flip it over, and what we see, honestly to this day, I don't know exactly what it was, but I could tell you what it looked like. It kind of looked like tuna fish and peanut butter maybe some mayonnaise i shit you not i don't know what else was maybe it was maybe maybe someone came in their xbox i don't know
1: maybe somebody was like super high and was trying to make a sandwich one night and they thought like their uh the disc was like a piece of ham or something and they started spreading stuff on it
0: <laughs> it was completely covered and the smell that came out of that thing so i was like all right i told my sister you got to bring this thing back they were trying to pull a fast one obviously the guy at the yard sale, whoever, I think it was a family, someone in that family knew what they were doing. So he brought it back and he's like, I'm like, this doesn't work. It has this problem. This and the, you know, the controller shot and everything. I was like, it's like, all right. He's like, I'll go plug it inside and see if it works. He comes out. I was like, oh, it powered on. So it works. I'm like, give us our money back. <laughs> but I've never, ever seen anything like this before. And it wasn't just on the disc. I forgot to mention this. When when it, we pulled the disc, disc tray out and we looked inside, there was also like, it looked like food. I I don't think it was like glue or anything weird like that. It literally just looked like a bunch of food was jammed into the system. But here's the weird thing. If if this original Xbox was from that family who sold this, they didn't have any little kids. The oldest, I think, in the family might have been like 20.
1: So what the hell was going on with that system? It sounds like they were just trying to troll somebody, maybe. Well, it definitely worked. But that's it. It was just just a quick little short story, but I just, I remember
0: that, and I'll never forget it.
1: That would be super disappointing, though, to be like, hey, I got an Xbox, and then get home and have that shit happen.
0: Later that year, I did get an Xbox, and the first game I got was KOTOR, I got it from GameStop,
1: so. Uh, Oh, okay, well, there you go.
0: I, I, I just bought a PS3 used recently, but, so... I'm not saying, yeah, you know, don't don't get used you know, consoles or be very careful. I mean, you just gotta make sure you're getting it from the right person. And especially when you're on eBay, just make sure it's a high rated seller and stuff like that. You'll be okay. But yard sale consoles? Whew, well <laughs> we did get a Super Nintendo out of yard sale, but you know, it's it's a more basic console. I mean, you you can beat the hell out of that thing and it'll still work. You know, you can throw it off of a house, the Super Nintendo's still gonna work. But, yeah, be, be very careful if you're going to buy a um, a video game console at a yard sale because you don't know what you're going to get. It's a big risk. So, yeah, just uh, remember my story.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, I can't say I've ever had anything crazy like that happen. With the, but then again, I've never tried to purchase a console at a yard sale. So then I will not try to do that in the future because <laughs> I don't want mayonnaise and peanut butter inside of it. Oh, God, I hope that was mayonnaise.
0: And I hope I wash my hands.
1: <laughs> you can buy little knickknacks and stuff at yard sales, but eh, probably maybe not consoles.
0: It's risky with electronics because m- most of the time you can't test it out there. They won't let you. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> they're hoping you bring it home. You're like, oh, I spent 40, 50, whatever dollars on it. I don't want to go back, whatever. you know. I, I, I'm in the hole. You know I messed up. That's what they're hoping. Anyways,
1: what's your surprise mechanic to Sweet Shock? Well, my um surprise mechanic is uh something that is pre-recorded and it's I did it by myself earlier and um I guess I'll just I'll let my past self take it away, so past shock, go ahead, take it away. Thanks, future self. Welcome to a special solo edition of surprise mechanics. Today we'll be live taste testing a Starbucks Nitro Cold Brew. Alright, I have the can in my hand right now. It's nice and cold. Just got it from the fridge. And uh let's see, the flavor I have is vanilla sweet cream, which sounds pretty good. Uh I've never tasted one of these before. I've never even had a Starbucks coffee proper, period. I'm usually a Tim Hortons guy. But I've been wanting to try these nitro cold brews for a while, so I decided, heck, why not do it on a podcast? So here we go, and I'm going to open this, and I'll let you hear the crack. Holy shit, that that almost just sprayed all over me. We are live, folks. (laughs) Anything can happen. All right, let's see. Let me get a whiff of this. Hmm. Okay, it doesn't really have much of a smell. All right, let's take a little sip here. Oh, wow. That is, um, that is interesting. Uh, it's a little blander than I expected. Uh, it doesn't have as much carbonation as I expected. Um, it honestly almost tastes like chocolate milk a little bit, which is weird. I did not expect that. Let me take another taste. Hmm. Yeah, I would say it almost tastes like um chocolate milk mixed with flat beer. That probably doesn't sound very good, but I think it, it tastes a little bit better than it sounds. I think this has like quite a bit of caffeine in it too. It doesn't actually have the caffeine content on the can, so I can't tell you, but I did Google it and I think it's probably comparable to like a large cup of coffee, but uh, I don't think I would get this again at least this flavor but I'd be willing to try another nitro cold brew um and I know other brands have these two not just Starbucks so uh yeah maybe I'll try another one you know I wouldn't say it's like a grand slam or anything but it's not terrible I've had worse you know it'll give you a caffeine hit but if I had a choice I would say probably I would just go for my normal uh Tim Hortons coffee or iced cap But yeah, if you've never had one of these before, uh, I would say give it a try. I also have another one down on the fridge. It's uh, just pure black coffee, unsweetened, which after having this one, as kind of unflavorful as this one is, I can't imagine how bland the black one is going to be, but uh, maybe we'll do another future surprise mechanics on that one and other flavors if this is a hit. Which it probably won't be because this is pretty boring and has nothing to do with games. So, but if you're still listening, I appreciate you. Uh, and rock on. And that's probably going to do it for this segment. Um, don't want to keep you guys any longer. So, back to my future self. Welcome back. Thanks for that, uh, exciting, uh, review. <laughs> um, okay. Hold on.
0: Chocolate milk and beer. I can't even wrap my mind around that. I'm thinking about taking a, a chug of chocolate milk and then just downing it with a Miller Lite. I, I can't. Just no.
1: Just no. It's it's sort of like you tried to describe the PS5 DualSense controller. It's like you can't really describe it. You have to experience it yourself.
0: <laughs> okay. No, I got it. Okay. All right. I, I see. where you, I see.
1: I see. All right. All right, and uh yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Um I think it was a pretty good episode.
0: Yeah, I had a really good time with this one. It was a lot of cool shit we talked about.
1: Yeah, it's uh I think we're ready to get the hell out of here and not overstay our welcome. So I'll just go ahead and uh, do our outro. Um if you would like to visit us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Boundless Gamers. And we would also appreciate it if you would subscribe to us. If you even want to go as far as to rate us on Apple and any other platform that has that, that would be awesome. We'd love you forever. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. You know, just go uh, visit Indy Carroll. I'll plug him again. Um, Reapers Collectibles, and there is a underscore in between that on Instagram. Go check him out. Check out all his cool shit he's got on there. And um,
0: Indy, Indy, make me a Revan's suit, please. (laughs) <laughs> Please, we'll talk about it later. If you could, if you can make one for me, I, I would love you forever.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just that'd kidding. be awesome. But you got to pay for that shit, Mikey. Oh, you of course, I'm going to
0: pay for it. You know, like twenty bucks, maybe maybe twenty, maybe thirty five bucks, maybe thirty five. How about that, Indy? Is that fair? Uh,
1: I don't know about that, but um, yeah, Indy literally will like he uses like uh, sheet metal, I think, and stuff. Like he'll he'll like bang out like uh, chess pieces and stuff, and like it's it's pretty hardcore.
0: Keep it up, Indy. I I hope you do some more cool shit soon.
1: All right, Mike. So, yeah, that's it. That's all we got for today. That's all we got.
0: Yep. I'm tired. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. Let's get the hell out of here.
1: Yeah, let's get the hell out of here for real. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, until next time, I am Jacques.
0: And this is the part where I have to say, and I'm Mike.
1: Yes, that is your cue. Like I was waiting for you to say it. Oh, this is going fabulous, dude. It's you can 1 tell one o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
0: I need to go to sleep. I don't give a shit if I just botched the entire ending of the podcast. Sorry, guys. It's sometimes it's just a, gonna be a dumpster truck on
1: fire. You're gonna have to get used to it. <laughs> Alright, guys, this has been the Boundless Gamers Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye.